Welcome to Dustrious. Keep your dice rolling, your hit points counted, and your magic flowing. Buckle up, travelers. You're in for a ride. Hello, and welcome to Dustrious, a high magic, high fantasy homeworld setting based loosely off the Pathfinder 1E system. This and Eldritch Dream Games production is made possible by our patrons, Brian Bridges, Brian Wraith, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, Undead Fish, and in memory of Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our episode to hear about some projects that some of these were working on. But for now, let's get started with our story. Last we left off, y'all had deciphered the documents and had a discussion on what they meant. And so y'all are sitting around the table. Well, Rick may not be sitting. I don't know. He tends to stand a lot. Oh, he's sitting. So uh, what now? The information that has been gained and all the time it took, I'm still blind. So uh, I will leave that to y'all for now. (laughs) Russell's going to kind of look over everything and, well, I suppose... We can chase this one on either end, but if we know more of the girls were taken in this second book, I'd, uh, I'd reckon our best bets to uh, head north. Um, get to Dunwich and uh, see what we can learn from this Ghost Gables ship. We might be able to find out more from Tarawin, though. And we know where Tarawin is, for sure. He doesn't travel? He He's in Valinor. Do we want to go back to Valinor? Can't hurt. We're not wanted. Oh, that's right. We aren't wanted. No, we, we escaped. Never mind. I was remembering the, uh, the the slaver ship. And for some reason, I had some uh, Assassin's Creed vibes. Like, there's wanted posters. <laughs> but uh, no, you're right. Yeah, we could go back to Valinor. It, it is a tabletop RPG, and you know, it was a city we did a thing in. There's a, you know, there's a stereotype there. I can see where your brain was at. If we go back to Valinor, they would have extensive libraries and resources we could use to learn more about some of the uh, locations in these in the book entries. Find out about ancient caves. Find about myths and legends of these artifacts the fiendish victory the maiden steel cleaver and the skull spear yeah that, that that's kind of where Brigger's at he's 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 uh for valinor uh for for the reasons you guys stated but also uh access to uh libraries and such that he didn't uh have any reason to uh peruse last time those of you who can still see roll per- perception checks I can see, just not with my eyes. Uh, 18. <clears throat> Should I roll a Deju perception instead oh, of my own? That's a, uh, ooh, natural 20 for 28. Nice. So, uh, y'all are talking about going some places, and as y'all are talking about traveling, Zav just kind of starts glaring at Rick, just kind of staring him down. I ain't come nowhere yet. Zav. I ain't saying nothing. Is there something wrong? Do you do you need a refill? Rick, you're being a terrible host. 
Uh, Deju got a 16. Well, Deju can see it too. Okay, then Rake sees it. I just wave my hand at him, kind of like, like, don't worry, wave. Like a dismissing? Uh, like, not, not, not like the rude dismissal, like a, like, like the, like, kind of don't worry about it. Like, there's a small difference. It's more or less the same motion, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, I got you. Yeah, you weren't. Yeah, you, I got you. Um, I wasn't gently sweeping him away like a pile of dust. I was kind of just side deciding it, you know? Uh-huh. As, uh, Russell's going to see the glare and see the hand wave and be like, uh, is there, uh, something we need to know about? I'm going to stick around for a bit. Well, fair enough. What, wait, are we leaving? I thought we agreed that we would stick together. We can't leave you behind, Rook. You must come with us. Are we going today? Uh, well, no, I, we could gather some more information. Then we'll see how things go. I wouldn't mind a day or two to put some things together before we hit the road. With any luck, I'll be able to see by then, too. Yeah. Uh, Have you tried praying to Asmodeus to return your sight to you? No. You'll be in my prayers. Sounds like my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I'm trying not to play too much with devils. But vampires are cool, but devils is where you draw the line. I just thought that was funny. There are reasons which Rick has not shared. Oh, okay. You're a big Twilight. He was a big Twilight fan. No. <laughs> Rick was a big it, Twilight fan back home. It, now he's it, so upset he doesn't more, sparkle. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, it's more to do with the not liking the devils and less to do with the vampire. Which y'all can make uh, sense motive checks against his bluff if y'all want to try to figure out he's hiding stuff. <laughs> 42 the fuck the reverb or whoever was joining in in the background scared the shit out of me I was um, probably coming through her mic uh, Brigard won't do a sense motive he'll you know Rick has his reasons Rick knows what's best for Rick but he just uh, was slightly alarmed that he said he would have to stay behind, but Brigger's just a little slow on the on the uptake. So no, he won't. He has no reason to uh, be suspicious. He should, but he doesn't. Sweet dumb Brigger. Completely out of character. Russell's trying not to pry too hard because you know peace offering and whatnot. So he's not really nice. But yeah, I don't I don't see any dots to make, especially for Brigger. Brigger does. You want it? You want a couple days? Cool. Yeah. Maybe Brigard wants to uh, do a little more whittling. Maybe he wants to chat up a lady. I was thinking lines of congratulations. You are a new monster with things to get used to, and you know, don't leave town. You, yeah, but we don't. And you, you haven't okay. shown any signs of having control issues around us. We. We didn't have a reason to suspect you. I mean, well, okay, I guess. Suspect that. I mean, you've given us tons of red flags, but not for <laughs> <laughs> this specifically. No, I, we're, I have we're, almost we're, killed one of you. Yeah. Like, but, like in real life, they're hella suspicious of you, but in game, they've got no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Brigard uh, made okay. a deal with the with Asmodeus himself. Like he had, he has no, he has no guile about it. Like he, he, he made this bargain. He got powers. He's going to do this thing. It's for the greater good. You made your decisions, and you've tended to make good decisions. And Russell doesn't trust you on principle at this point. He doesn't really <laughs> need to determine whether or not he doesn't trust you. He doesn't. Because <laughs> you attacked him and destroyed his shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you repair those, by the way? Yeah, he, re- he replaced them. Oh, him. that's right. That's right. Russell. Yeah. You will hear a very familiar voice inside your head. Um, Duraga will speak to you and she'll be like, um, you should probably know that if we travel to Dunwich... I will have to stay inside your head. So are you, you wanted as a ghost in Dunwich? <laughs> yes, for for high crimes of treason. No, Dunwich. It's a it's a strange city. They've got some kind of wards all over it. Um, it suppresses people's magic a oh. great deal. And the minute anything unnatural walks through, they know it. And the guards will, is, are on it. Fair so enough. me manifesting in Dunwich is not a good idea. Fair enough. Another vote for Valinar. And Russell's going to look up and be like, you know, uh, we might have issues taking you to Dunwich with us anyway, Rick. Why? They've got that town warded. Against undead? Against almost any use of magic which you require to walk around in daylight yeah that makes sense and I mean mean, if I was going to be warding up a city and I knew well frankly I'd be willing to bet undead fair bet so Valinor is the best option sounding like it how are we getting there are we going to Go back to the cove? We could travel that way if we want, but I could get us there a bit quicker. So could I. Adida, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, can I too? Are you guys just being funny? Do you have do you have teleport or greater teleport on your spell list? You know I don't. At this point, I don't remember, honestly. Oh, okay. No, no, I don't like, see anything. I remember like, some of the things, but I don't uh, remember all of the things. I can... That's fair enough, Brigard. I can I can bring a passenger. You already have a passenger. <laughs> I don't know if Jorago would count. We're merged at the time. Doesn't that make her the passenger by default? I'm Frankly, I think she... he could probably take more than one. Yeah. Yeah, unless cruel jaunt means I can um evilly traverse long distances. Um I don't I don't <laughs> have anything that can get us there quicker. <laughs> I don't even remember what that does. I'm Googling now too. <laughs> yeah, I can bring along one additional willing medium or smaller creature for three caster levels. Technically, if Draga's bonded with me, she doesn't have a size category, so I think she travels for free. Right. Uh, cruel Jaunt. Um, <clears throat> I uh, gain the ability to, t- to detect fear 
uh, within a medium range. And so once per round, I could teleport um, up to 140 feet. Uh, as long and as long as I don't uh, carry over my maximum load, I can carry that many. So, hundred feet, uh, hundred and forty feet at a time, we could get there. <laughs> as long as uh, everywhere we go, there's someone uh, experiencing fear. So we just send Rick ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that is a nifty little spell and so what y'all doing now uh it was made clear that we weren't going to leave immediately so uh if you guys want to wrap up uh research and figure out what we're going to do in the meantime before we can shove off well, since uh, I've found a way around being blind for now, I can actually go and check my library for shit. So, I can do that. Alright. So, what are you checking the library for? Uh, any mention of these weapons. You're not going to find any mention of these weapons in the library. Uh, well, the best then source, I will. The best source to find out anything about these weapons is in Bronze Head. Because Draga created one of them. That's fair, but did he mention that to us? I, I know he said something about it, but I don't know if he actually mentioned it. I'm not entirely clear. You know that she created. I, I know she made it. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember what Russell told them. Uh. But yeah, um, I don't. Th- I think you you told them that that she wanted you to get one of the weapons, <laughs> but I, I do don't rem- think you told them any more than that. Yeah, I do specifically remember saying that. Yeah, uh, you were you were being uh, directed to hunt for these as well, so that's why uh, you were going along with Brigard's stuff, uh, Brigard's quest um, proposal. And. Uh- Russell will kind of think about it for a second and nod his head and we could uh, talk it over with Dro um, I guess uh, interesting enough time to go ahead and say it but uh, she made Skull Splitter so she may know a thing or two about the others as well Skull Spear or Steel Cleaver uh, s- Skull Spear Skull Spear okay I said Skull Splitter. Was, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a hell of a lot better than digging around a bunch of books. Yeah. Russell kind of closes his eyes for a second. And you, uh, you interested in coming out and conversating for a bit? Sure. And uh, she will come out and take on the ectoplasmic form. Oh. Which this is the only way that, that the other two of you can see her and that she can talk to you. Okay, and uh, could you give a brief description again? It's just a blob of ectoplasmic goo. It, she's in she's in uh, humanoid shape. I mean, it is it is an ectoplasmic version of her is what she looked like in life. But of course, she. It's just shaped out of this, yeah, kind of, kind of like that, except not so weird. 
<laughs> I touched slime monster. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, once she appears, she'll be like, okay, so what is it you want to know? Russell says you created Skull Spear. I do did. You have, do you have a connection to Skull Spear now since you are its creator? Well, no. It's not like a piece of my soul's in the blade or anything. Huh, that answered two questions. Uh, <laughs> um, do you know when you last heard it being wielded? I was the last one to wield it. How were you parted from it? Uh, died. You, uh, wait a second. You're, you found me here in Hilltop. Yes. How far away were you when you died, Dro? Uh, here on the island, uh, the Twilight Wars took place here on this island. Oh. That, uh, that could mean the swords here on this island. Oh, it is, I'm sure. No, none of the uh, weapons have been touched since then. The, the earth swallowed them up, and then when the earth was healed, it covered them over even more. So you're saying all three of them could be on this island? Yes. Are you familiar with this Tree of Thunder? The Tree of Thunder is basically a, a great big large tree that uh, it was split by lightning but when the uh, world or the earth was healed after the war it sealed shut was when it was split open did it reveal a passage of some sort why no it got hit by lightning during the battle you understand there was a huge war but in this one in this tree was specifically healed is it a magical tree the, the entire island was healed after the war of course that's right do you know where the tree of thunder is well yes it's not difficult to find and if you, if you go out in the woods at all it's it's you know before you enter the woods if you look up there's one tree that's way taller than all the rest well uh Brigard's gonna run uh to the door and look outside and look around uh, we're on a, 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 a hill, so he's going right. to peer out, um, looks to the east, sees the uh, water, um, to the north. Uh, okay, so I guess this is a, a mechanics question. How far can a, a player, a person see in hex form? Well, you consider that if you're walking, it takes you, what, four days to, mm -hmm. to walk? Uh, or it takes you a day to walk four hexes. It's two, four on horseback. So yeah, but that gives you some idea of distance. Okay. Um. So he'll 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 peer around. There are uh, mountainous forests to the south. Is that am I reading the map correct? Uh, there those are not really mountains. They're they're it's a lot of hills. Hmm. Okay. Uh, he'll look to the west. Uh, that's all forest. Uh, does is there like a like a skyscraper jutting out? I know we're a ways away from any of that forest. Yeah, you're, you'd really be too far away to yep. to tell. Yeah, it's all um, one big. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, 
he'll put the map down and ask Draga, what can you tell us about the Skull Spear's abilities? Is there anything we need to be warned about? It was built to slay a dragon. Um, but, like, the blade's not going to jump up and attack you or anything. Russell's going to hold up his hand and be like, just one second. And he's going to look at Dro and kind of give her a nod and look towards everyone else. And there's a... There's very, there's one very important detail we need to get straight before we uh, move further down this line of questioning, I think. Hmm. Skull Spear is Dro's, and by extension, mine. Is, is that how you read that situation? Yes. Because I made a deal. Yeah, Burger accepts that. I was just curious if I, I thought uh, technically, technically the deal he made was to make sure the weapon didn't fall into Asmodeus's hands. Mm. But completely out of character, Russell doesn't trust either one of y'all at this point not to do that. Wow. Wow. Rick, I get. Oh, really? <laughs> 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 Thanks. <laughs> no, I'm just being dumb. Do um, nothing of the Twilight's War. No, we uh, we kind of knew. Well, I mean, a Br- Brigger kind of knows that. Uh, oh wait, no, I'm confusing uh, this world with Eternus War with gods. Uh, no, actually, uh, could you refresh us? <laughs> no, this was this was Dro asking y'all. Um, there was. There was a, a war between the good and the evil gods? I mean, that's... No, no. Um, it all started with a man named Sebastian. And he had a reputation as one of the most devoted followers of Asmodeus. And uh, he was he was Asmodeus's favorite mortal and had been gifted with a special mission from the god, but... Uh, we don't know precisely what it was. He never really talked about it. But at some point, he turned his back on Asmodeus and was stripped of his God-given powers. So whatever the argument was over, it was enough to make Sebastian want revenge on his ex-patron. And he began traveling the lands and recruiting a following of people who became known as Hell's Swords. And they acted as mercenaries, but their true purpose was to gather the most powerful weapons so that they could declare war on the followers of Asmodeus. And at first, their attempt at getting the weapons sent them into a really deep forest, and they met a woman named Sigma. She was a renowned ranger, and she possessed a powerful scythe, still cleaver. After months of chasing leads and rumors, they did find her. Sebastian had originally intended to kill her and take her weapon, but when he met her, she was so beautiful, he seduced her instead and recruited her to the cause. And she became the leader of one of the battalions. Uh, she has a, had a massive wolf that was always at her side. 
And then they continued to push across the land, uh, pretty much killing any members of Asmodeus cults that they came across. And during one of the raids, Sebastian learned that Asmodeus was preparing his followers to meet him in this war. And that Asmodeus had promised to send Rarvis, which is the dragon of hell, to aid them. So he commissioned me to make a special weapon to use against the dragon. So I spent a long time, adamantine's not easy to work with, but I spent a long time fashioning the short sword and then went through a three month long ritual to have it blessed by gods that would oppose the dragon. And then eventually the war took place here on this island. Um, it destroyed the land, but air still swept over the land after the war, restoring it and burying the remnants of the war deep within the earth. Uh, basically, the war didn't go well for anybody. Uh, we were winning at first. Warvis uh, did show up, but the short sword did its job and pierced the skull of the dragon and the dragon was killed. And skull spear. Duh. Asmodeus got extremely angry about this. So he sent Basilius down with Fiendish Victory, which is a bow that he had crafted during the War of the Heavens back before creation almost. Um, and when Balius fired the bow, a meteors rained down on the battlefield and wiped everybody out. But as Sebastian's last act, he threw his scimitar and it was a blade that was created by Saren Ray herself and said to house the soul of his mother. And it cut Basilius in two. So everybody on the battlefield died. The only weapon that wasn't left was Sebastian's sword. When the uh, psychopomp came to take his body, it took the scimitar back to Serenray. So somewhere here on the island is the sword, the scythe, and the bow. Yes. Unless they've moved since the Twilight War. Well, people have been searching for them for as long as, well, as long as the story's been told. So almost from the beginning and nobody has ever found them. If somebody had found them, everybody would know about it. Sebastian took up this scimitar that belonged to Serenray. Did he convert and become a worshiper of hers? I don't know if I would call him a worshiper or not, but uh, Serenray was a good ally to go against the, the powers of hell. But his mother... Was she a worshiper of Serenray? Were you friendly with all of these people other than the enemies? I don't know that you'd call us friendly. It's, there were a lot of us that just felt like the cause was, was just enough. 
So we fought side by side. You get to know people a little bit, but personally, I, I kept my distance from Sebastian when I could because he's kind of a womanizer. How long ago were the Twilight Wars? I'm not even sure now how long ago it was. I kind of lose track of time after a while as an ethereal being. When did you die? Did you die on that battlefield? Yes. Do you remember where on this map the battlefield was when you were fallen? It was kind of spread out. Um, this, there was three different battalions. I led one, and Sigva led one, and Sebastian led one. So, so to be sure I have things correct, Sebastian had the scimitar, Sigva had the scythe, um, Draga had the skull spear, and Vasilius had Fiendish victory. Okay, and uh, is it Vasilius with a V? No, B. B. Basilius. That name sounds familiar to me from somewhere. Because he is Asmodeus's right-hand man. I meant like from other um, lore stuff. I mean, if you if you did your reading up on Asmodeus, you read about him. Oh, okay, maybe that's why it's okay. And his name sounds like Basilica. No, no, no. There's in the first Doctor Strange movie, I think Basilius was the name of a a person that had some great power, and I think I could just be confusing uh, names. Wait, wait. Scimitar, Scythe, Skull, Basilius had that. Are there any long-lived races member? Are there any members of the long-lived races that you think would still be alive to this day? No, I don't think so. Most people who have been trying to hunt these treasures have hunted them in places that we never stepped foot because there's nobody around who remembers the war. Do you fight alongside any undead? No. Just outside the window. Have there been any historians that have compiled the the failed expeditions for these? I doubt it. Most of the people who seek them are just desperate people down on their luck who think if they can find them, it's instant wealth. As I said, most people think the whole war is a freaking legend. A lot of people don't even believe it took place. Well, when the world was healed after and removed any scars, it would make it difficult to believe. So, Saren Ray, Asmodeus, Erasto, does Erasto have any churches or anything we could approach? Perhaps uh, worshippers of Erasto carried on the the message of the healing effects of their powers. All the divinity of Aristil lost their powers some time ago. Okay, did not know that. Um, lost them as in uh, just vanished? Is Aristil gone? Nobody's seen Aristil in a very, very long time. Disappeared shortly after the war. Hmm. Interesting. Did any other gods participate? Well, no. I mean, none of the 
gods actually participated. Sorry, um, did any other divinity worshippers, cults, followers of other divinities take part? Were there other factions? Well, everybody that was there was there for their own reasons. Some of them were religious reasons, maybe. We must go to Valinor to uncover more of the slaver story arc. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, to uncover these artifacts and fulfill both mine and Russell's charge, we must pour over Hillpoint itself. Well, because Valinor, we know where one of the things are. You just have to be there the day it becomes findable. Yeah, we we have many months. Perhaps Valinor is still the best choice for all of these. We can go there and spend some uh, uh, you said due diligence before of pouring over all the myths and legends that we could find. Even crackpot old fools and their stories we could start narrowing down in the the coming months. You mentioned Cat in an old cave. That might give us another lead, too. Yeah, except... Well, yeah, I'm starting to wonder about that one. How so? Real quick reminder, I know of our... our Vari's in the room. Who else is in the room? Zav and Darlena. Zav and Darlena. Which I feel like at this point, you would pretty much understand if Avari knows something, they know it. Because that's her best friend and her brother that she shares thoughts with. Yeah. So, uh, well, Kat said she found the axe in a cave on an island. I mean, that could be this island. But it seems like a weird way to refer to it when you're telling the tale. Perhaps she was being vague on purpose to protect certain mysteries. Maybe she needs to be brought brought in on this. Yeah, that's... A- another person we may be able to contact who has explored this area quite well is um, the Huntsman Travis. Perhaps he has taken refuge in caves or went out exploring, came across this tree of thunder. From everything we've gathered, I don't think the tree's going to be that hard to find. We just gotta look for the tall enough tree. It may not be, we may not be high enough to see it from here, but we can find that kind of a landmark. I haven't encountered a cave in the time we've been on the island, however. To be fair, we haven't been over a whole lot of the island. Exactly. Um, this, this, I may need to step outside of the game to ask this, uh, or outside of the, the events of here. We as characters know, uh, Aristotle has, um, blessed the land to, uh, well, increase you know, As Modius told you. Yes. Okay. That, that, well, first of all, that Aristotle is the one that made the land livable mm-hmm. after basically the entire world was wiped out. Mm-hmm. And after the land was made livable, the gods started bringing people in. Gotcha. The plan was for Aristil to make the entire world livable again. 
But after the Twilight's War, Aristil disappeared. And Asmodeus told you to find out where Aristil went. That's one of one of your jobs. That was probably when I typed up and lost, so. Russell's <laughs> gonna kinda of stop and think and Dro. Yes. When uh you said everything was broken and healed. Was the world healed in the same way? Like was the island we're on now roughly the same size and shape or was it a part of a larger bit of land? Oh, it was basically the same. I mean, okay. the, the seashore changes it from time to time, but yeah. But it, it wasn't all just one land that was broken apart and no. healed simply means made better, not put back into one piece. Basically, when Basilius fired the bow, the the entire section of the island that was in combat was hit with meteors that fell from the sky, and everything on the island burned. So, if you weren't killed by one of the meteors that fell, you were certainly killed by the the smoke and the fire and, and things of that nature. And so everything was destroyed and there were bodies everywhere. And air still came back and made the land whole again, made things grow again. Came back as in she was gone, but then returned? Well, no, like the gods don't walk around on the earth usually. You know, the gods are usually not physically here. But to heal the land, Aristotle had to come here. Okay, so, uh, and, and I don't know if I need to retcon this. Maybe I did remember this and I told everyone before, but so Brigard will say Asmodeus uh, tasked him with finding what happened to Aristotle, that uh, all, of, all of that. So... And we know Hill Point's crop is ex- is uh, exceptionally good. Yes. Um, going to uh, not Draga this time, but uh, to uh, Zav, Darlina, and um, uh, Ivari. I was told by Lord Asmodeus that this land was particularly bountiful because of Aristotle's blessing. How prosperous are other parts of Dustress? Zav will speak up to this being the nature man here. <laughs> and he tell you, well, most of <laughs> most of the uh, land in, in Dustress is, is pretty good. Um, of course, you don't try to grow things in the desert or the mountains very much, but uh, even they have some vegetation um, the cacti and, and low brush in the desert and mm-hmm. the pine trees and such in the mountains um, it's it's rare that you ever hear of anybody coming up with a bad crop across dustrous or uh, across right it's just that on this particular island everything seems to grow much bigger and 
seems to do much better, I would suppose, because the land was touched by her still. Uh, Rick. Yeah. Do you remember a couple episodes ago? Actually, no, this was a quite a few episodes ago. Um, do you remember when I said human excrement could be used instead of magically disappearing? It could be used to fertilize crops. Yeah. The bodies of the participants of the war would have made quite the fertilizer indeed. <laughs> that was so not where I thought it was going. <laughs> oh, really? Where'd you think? Well, what if a human excrement can be used for crops? But what if what a god? god turns? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my my voice is. I'm feeling a little bit of strain in my voice. So if I if if Brigard's slipping, that's why. Um, uh, perhaps it is it is dark to think. It's not dark. It's nature, life. Death gives way to life, and vice versa. It's it's a wheel of fortune. Generally, <laughs> um, generally, when one's pushing up daisies, that effect doesn't that that effect doesn't last beyond the terms of human reckoning. And you but do if, have to remember, most of the bodies would have been burned. Yes, burned bodies. That's 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 even better fertilizer. So now, Brigard, unless uh, more evidence comes to light. He is now of the belief that all those bodies, all those people that were killed in those wars have uh, have seeded this uh, this particular island more so than others, perhaps because of their uh, well, Aristotle's um, influence. Sure. But he is absolutely certain whenever I think of uh, uh, fertilizer and all that stuff, I go back to the stories of the Native Americans teaching the, the gross colonizers that uh, you needed to, you know, you throw fish in there, you throw dead animals in there so he's of the belief now that partially in in part is um wartime fertilizer <laughs> or time fertilizer <laughs> he could be wrong i could be wrong but uh something about this island is has a potency with uh Aristotle's influence Perhaps she is still here. Perhaps this is the epicenter of her will and making the entire world livable is a constant drain on her. And that is why she has not been seen or her worshipers have access to her godly ability. She has literally got the world on her shoulders. Maybe. Who knows? As far as it goes, I think we need to do some more to figure this out. Valinor? Seems like the best choice. I don't know how much it plays into all this, but it's something to do. We know they've got we know they've got uh resources for studying. We can uh at least attempt to read something see what we can find along those lines but we do know right. for a fact that it's got information towards our other job which I feel now thinking more on it dealing with the slavers does feel a little more immediate than waiting until the winter solstice while you are talking Rick since this is your house I'll uh, direct this to you but while you are talking there comes a knock on the door 
Uh, do I detect life outside the door? Yes. And say somebody want to answer the door. Yeah, I got you. And Russell will get up and head to the door. Okay, so when you open the door, Iva's standing there. She has something wrapped up in a little blanket. You can kind of see a nose peeking out. And she just kind of looks at you and she's like, Vari, you said Vari lived in a scary house. Yeah, she does, sweetie. Um, come on in if you want, and I'll go get Vari for you. And she'll follow you in. Okay. And as soon as Russell gets turned around, he'll, uh, he'll Vari, you've, uh, you've got a guest. And Vari will, will just be like, bring him on in. Rick, this will be the only time I do this for you. <laughs> okay. So... As Iva comes in, she's just going to walk up to, to Vari. She's going to hold out this little bundle, and she's just like, help. And Vari will open the bundle, and, and when she unwraps it, you'll see there's like a little baby fox. And so Vari just kind of looks at Zav and is like, help. And Zav's like, I do plants, not animals. Uh, Brigard will uh, rush over and uh, cast Cure Moderate Wounds. Okay, that's it's probably more healing than a baby fox needs. But <laughs> oh no, is it gonna blow up? The baby fox no, blows no. up from positive energy overdose. <laughs> no. Okay, I'll, I'll, I guess cure light would have been a more reasonable thing anyway. Uh, cure light wounds. I, I dig it. Bird sees a hurt animal and it's just like all the heals. <laughs> all the heals. All of it. Max healing. Cure serious. Yep. <laughs> I cast Revify. It's not dead. <laughs> I don't care. Cast Create Undead. Oh, God. <laughs> so, like, you heal this little fox, and she'll, she's just still kind of standing there, and she, she'll look up at you, and and, and, she, and she's just like, she's dirtier in tears, and she she's like, it's mommy died. Oh, man, I almost said something really bad. Um... I'm, I almost said that's what mommies do eventually. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Brigger will uh, drop to a knee and say, um, "These things happen. It's it's never easy when it does, but you did a a tremendous job of rescuing this one. Were you there when it happened?" Kind of. Yes, I was walking around, and farmer, the farmer. Uh, his name is, is Jonas, and the mama got into his hen house. Oh, no. Did did Jonas seek retribution? Yes, he killed the mama, and now there's a baby, and, and it can't feed itself. Well, do you know what baby foxes like the most? No. Me neither. Um, no, no, that's, that's dumb. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm writing this down as I'm going because I don't. Uh, and he'll he'll go to uh, look, just rummage through Rick's uh, kitchen for a uh, stereotypical, but milk. <coughs> you mean Fari's kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brigard will uh, will Vari. Uh, do you have milk or? Um, Small bits of flesh. Those are two very different requests. 
Russell's going to kind of kneel, kneel down and take a look at the baby fox's teeth. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Has it yeah. weaned, you think? Or I, yeah, I it's it's got enough teeth. Its mom is probably bringing food back to it. We can we can skip the milk. It, it may enjoy it, but it's not necessary. Maybe I wanted a drink too, Russell. Damn. <laughs> Just drink the flesh. Damn. <laughs> Says the vampire. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, he'll he'll just you know rummage around and find just some some meat and uh, hand hand it to uh, Iva and uh, show her how uh, a la uh, White Fang how to feed a a wounded or a hurt baby uh, wild animal and just hold it out on your palm and let it come to you and he's gonna uh, just stroke uh, the entire time he's gonna have his hand and just stroking the. The fox's head. Uh, prepare to grab it if it starts to lunge at the girl. Okay. Uh, do you have handle animal? Oh, I almost certain I chose uh, useless ass skills like that. <laughs> These guys have great bonuses to stuff, and yep, I have a plus ten to handle animal. Okay, then yeah, you're not gonna have any difficulty. Twenty-seven. Okay. <laughs> By the so, time Brigard's done, the baby fox literally knows how to sing for its supper. Right? <laughs> but yeah, she'll just kind of sit down in the floor and, and feed this fox. As more and more people just keep collecting in Rick's house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice to have something living in here. <laughs> well, you know, they say if a place isn't lived in, it just kind of falls apart. And that, that destroys the resale value. <laughs> Brings down property values for the whole neighborhood. Yep. Bad enough they're harboring an abomination of life itself. Don't forget, we don't have to tell them a vampire lives here if they don't ask. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, Brigard will spend some time doing that. (laughs) So she's she's sitting the floor feeding her fox. And uh, like, I think I think by this point, Zav is probably going to get up and walk out, go back on patrol. But uh, he'll give you a, a nice firm clamp on the shoulder as he leaves, Rick. Okay. Sure, Rick. Reminder to get your hall pass. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm sure he has other reasons to be upset at me. You have that effect on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I did threaten a bunch of teenage girls. Yes, you did. You <laughs> totally yeah. did. Yeah. Let's 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 look at Rick's night. He starts by threatening the teenage girls and using dominate on one of them, luring them. Which Zob <laughs> then has to go put out the fires of the upset parents on that one. Yeah. Then he bangs Zob's sister. Wait, 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 wait. Do we know that? No. Oh my god, you fucking idiot. <laughs> I say that with love. Um, oh my god. He sits here and talks about leaving town when he's been told not to leave town. Were you only able to do it after she gave you permission to enter the bed? <laughs> good, good, uh, good good thing to ask there it's still my building so yeah he has he has reasons yeah 
Yeah, agreed. Shit. <laughs> have, what else have you gotten up to in the last 24 hours, Rick? Uh, I did leave town. Uh, <laughs> I set a bounty on someone's head. I outfitted a pirate uh, ship with good weapons. I gathered information. Uh, I disguised myself as the happy mask salesman from self. You might also want to remember, <laughs> since you're now planning a trip to Valinor, that you charged Karina with getting information on Terrawin for you so you'd know how to find him. Yep. So you're waiting on, on that information to come back. I wasn't uh, about to share my exploits in another town while there were guests. And I think Darlena is still here. Darlena is still here. Yeah. So. so Rick's not sharing just yet. Nope. Well, Rick's not really thinking very well anyhow, or he would realize Zav probably already knows. He can I smell mean, him. that's fair, but there's still Darlena. Wait, which which sister did you did did Rick bed? The wrong. <laughs> not, not the underage one. I just want to make sure. The one with eight legs. Nice. <laughs> Now I have a scene of Rick doing the uh, the uh, uh, Adams family thing where he's uh, kissing up the legs, but it's just that was the entire night just going up each. Wait of the a leg. second, <laughs> there's there's an important question I have to know the answer to that could or could not impact this party in a serious way. Uh huh. I can't remember if Russell's bingo card has a drider spot or not. It does. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it did. Do not believe it does. No. It has something furry on it, but it does not have a drier spot. I wonder if that was still kind of drow, though. <laughs> God damn, Rick! I'd like to see you try. <laughs> kind of dropped a bomb right there, and I don't really. <clears throat> wow. Rick is poorly behaved. Yeah. You don't say. Did uh did and I, I guess I'll hear it when I listen to the episode. But did uh did you only do it because she she bet you wouldn't do it? Did she question your your manliness after becoming a vampire? No. <laughs> no, she she actually did it because uh, her and Darlena had a bet going, and she wanted to win the bet. Nice. Like, I'm legit flabbergasted right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we're playing a game. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Brigard, uh, <laughs> Brigard is still, uh, you know, monitoring the the fox and Iva. Yep, yeah, uh, she'll sit there and feed it the scraps of meat and everything. Uh, and then she'll ask you, uh, can, can I take it home with me? Is is that okay? Uh, maybe not inside your home. Perhaps we could make, make, uh, is the, is the fox a girl or a boy? Uh, th- I really didn't think about that. It's a girl. Okay. Uh, perhaps we could make her some bedding so she would feel more comfortable having her loose and you asleep, I would I would never forgive myself if something 
happened. We could always, uh... Will she run away? Well... If she, if she runs away and comes back, you know she's bonded with you. Uh, but if you if you let her know that your home is a safe spot for her to return to, perhaps she will return. Who does Iva live with? Herself. That's right. Just feel real shitty that we do a cutscene when Don's not around to mayhem in a little fox eating an Iva body as we're sailing <laughs> off the <to> Valinor. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Russell kind of looks over at the whole situation and, you know, uh, we got a bunch of leftover building materials over at my place. Wouldn't be uh, too much work for the lot of us to put together something, even hell, a little bit of magic. It would literally not be any work to put <laughs> together something the little critter could stay in outside and, you know, behind her yeah. place. A small pen. Yes. Well, not even a pin. Just, well, hell, we call them dog houses. A fox house. (laughs) A fox house. How far away from Jonas do you live, Iva? I I live in town. Jonas lives in the farms. Are you mad at Jonas? No. I'm not mad at Jonas. But... I just, uh, I just don't want the fox to die because its mom and can't bring it food. It's a very mature way of looking at it. Uh, come, let's let's get this little thing settled. Okay, and and what's her name? Oh, I I think it's your job to give her a name. But then she doesn't she have one. I. I didn't know the mother. I don't know. Probably, but it's in Fox, and probably it's not something we can say, as I don't speak Fox. So we had to give her a, a common name. Something you can call her name out when she's not around and have her come to you. I don't know any Fox names. Give it some time. You call her Vixen for now. Maybe something okay. else will take. Okay. And I just keep giving her meat. How much does she eat lots or little bits? Uh, Offer her a little bit throughout the day and you will learn. And maybe you could hold as Iva. Iva's smart. Uh, You could start keeping a a track of how often she accepts your food. And you could learn to figure out what sort of eating habits she has as she's young and isn't able to hunt on her own she may need a little bit more to get uh, up to fighting weight so she'll like pick this little fox and wrap, wrap it back up in the cloth uh, so it doesn't scratch her and stuff and pick it, pick the fox up I should just kind of stand there looking expectantly at you Russell kind of shrug and be like well I guess we have a mission gentlemen and uh, he'll get up from the table pack up his books and uh don't know how much help I'm gonna be. I gotta run two spells just to go out there. You'll be more support. Besides, we can bounce ideas back and forth. Yeah, um, some fresh air would do you good, Rick. You're looking pale. <laughs> Burger. Yes, Rick. I neither breathe nor flush. No, if uh, 
You don't have to flush, Rick. It's magic. I meant blood. <laughs> Got her. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was just to see who I'd get. Um, uh, before they go, though, uh, Brigger's going to pull out a couple uh, copper pieces and he's going to uh, squeeze them and he's going to hand them to Iva. If you if Vixen ever starts to act aggressive and there's no one around to help you throw these at throw one of these at her it'll calm her down and he's imbued uh uh five copper coins with uh uh calm emotions okay you don't have control over the affected but it can stop raging creatures from fighting or joyous ones from reveling creatures so affected cannot take violent actions or do anything destructive uh any aggressive action against or damage dealt breaks the spell so yeah, five uh, copper coins with that spell on it. All right. I'm covering my ass. She, she'll, she'll put them in her pocket. Okay. And you do see she still has her bow that that uh, got the little butterflies carved all into the wooden stuff on her back as well as her quiver. Wait, it has butterflies carved into the bone? Yeah. I had no idea. I don't know if I remember that detail. That's that's a fucking adorable. <laughs> no, it's a bow. <laughs> so y'all go build a fox house. <laughs> yeah. Rick is apparently moral support with his 17 remaining hit points. Oh, uh, <laughs> it, it's not healable. They're now sunk I'm into enchantments. Rick out there in a cheerleader outfit with pom poms. No. When we get outside, Russell's going to be like, this way I figured we can speak more freely about our plans. Who did we need to keep our plans secret from? I don't know. Kids seem kind of tight-lipped there for a bit. I didn't want to push too hard in too much company. Do we need to kill him? No. Kill who? Me? <laughs> I thought we were talking about Rick. I was joking. Um, wait, who was Russell talking about? The kid? Rick. Oh, so I was right. Okay, I read that scene, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Nah, Brigard, we don't need to kill him because he won't talk. <laughs> yet. <laughs> we need to kill him because he's an abomination. You sound a lot like Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I think that's high praise. I'm going to take it as high praise. <laughs> uh, uh, no, Brigard accepts Rick <laughs> in whatever form he takes, as long as it's not another dragon. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, his clothes are preloaded with form of the alien dragon three. I'm going to see if I have to spell magic real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> But, but Brigard, I'd be an even bigger one. <laughs> can kill you even faster. <laughs> okay, yeah, I got to spell magic. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're walking in. Uh, we're going to go build a fox house, right? Yep. Yeah. Because we're stop by Russell's place and grab some scrap material and whatnot. He's not so much worried about the shape of the wood or anything. He's just grabbing enough. Yep. Fabricate makes it not matter. As um. As, as as you go go in and, and are picking up the some of the scrap wood and whatnot, uh, 
Corbin, the master carpenter who has been working on your place, will tell you he expects to be done by the end of the day. Really? <sighs> Hot damn. And, uh, well, shoot. That's a, that's a damn slight faster than I suspected. How many exclamations of surprise are you going to make, um, Gramps? I'm, I'm, I'm used to contractors working on a little bit slower timeline. <laughs> Magic and all that. Yeah, I just need to get, get the hang of it. Well, well, uh, we'll let it settle one way or the other, though, that, uh, I consider me impressed, Corbin, and, uh, consider yourself thoroughly spoiled once we open up shop. Works for me. I never turn down a free drink. Excellent. Uh, Russell will make a note to talk to Raylene later and making sure everything's stocked and ready to go. And maybe we can actually have an opening night before we head off to Valinar. Uh, okay, so when we do get to the the making of the the house, I'm gonna, just going to make sure that there's nobody other than Iva around, really. No, not really. I mean, she's got neighbors. Some, you know, you might see people coming and going from their houses, but but no, nobody like being nosy. No, no. crows watching or ravens watching. No, and um, matter of fact, make an intelligence check. He's blind still. Oh, actually, is he blind still? I'm using Deju. To no, see. it was like well, we were doing more research, so I was curious if. Oh, uh... Uh, okay. Uh, Thirteen. I rolled kind of low. I rolled rolled middle low. Right. Um, well, Zav was at your house hanging out with Avari. Mm-hmm. He's normally not around because he normally hangs out with Mal. Hmm. And no tinking coming from the blacksmith shop. It hadn't passed by as far as you're aware. Okay, so when we first get there, I look around, don't see anybody. I'm going to actually send Deju, who moves extraordinarily quickly. Um, he has a fly speed of 80, I believe. Okay. Yes, a fly speed of 80. Uh, to just zip around town and see if there is a mal anywhere. I, I can't remember your entire entourage. <laughs> Deju is not the flying skull, is Yes, he? it is. Yes. It is broad daylight, and you're going to send a skull flying through town? Yep. Okay. I mean, several people have already seen me with him. Okay. I mean, he walks around with him all the time. Everybody knows that this thing floats over his shoulder, so they at least know who to give dirty. Avoid. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> and like, he's not like bobbing and weaving between people. He's a safe distance above everything. Because Russell was going to try to find a collar's worth of some type of material for the fox. I mean, if we can get one for Deju too, we can <laughs> tie a little bow. <laughs> you know. Out one eye socket and out through one ear hole. Best <laughs> fireproof. <laughs> but no, no sign of mouth. Okay, I'll have him come back so I can see what's around me. All right. But Russell did ask you about you being so tight-lipped. Uh, I will, I will, uh, uh, for brevity's sake, I will explain that I, uh, I went to I went to the cove uh, via teleportation uh, and spoke with Karina uh, to see if I could 
learn anything more about uh, the slavers and what was going on uh, and whatnot. The things that I had seen from Lila's uh, memories. She was able to feed me a little bit of information. I uh, She's also going to be seeking more information on this Lord Tarawin and getting back to us. Uh, I also supplied her in payment for this. I supplied her with uh, good weapons for her crew. Uh, and since we're kind of doing this uh, in this way, I'm, I'm going to ask uh, Burger would ask uh, why was was it was was he just bored? Was Rick just bored and just wanted to do some stuff? Well, I don't sleep anymore, so yeah, I get bored. And I was chasing down leads on different things. I've spoken with the merfolk in the river, lake, water area. What would this be called? Like, because it's not a river and it's not everybody a lake. Everybody just everybody just refers to it as the sea. Okay, so I, I spoke to the merfolk in the sea. Um. Uh, and found out that the. Uh, that this one and I point at Teju kind of like off kilter because I'm trying to like point at him while using him as my point of reference so it's like <laughs> a little off at first but then like right there and like his brother is still alive I had fear about that well he's gonna have people breathing down his neck for a while I put a bounty on him oh <laughs> How much of a bounty? You remember that uh, that trident I put on uh, for the merfolk? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Nice. The fox is, is kind of squirming a little bit. I was keeping a good hold of it. <laughs> yeah, Russell will get over towards the house and uh, he'll set down the few planks of wood and just be like, well... Wait one second. I gotta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's just gonna just straight up just go with fabricate. Bam. All right. And uh, fabricated a, a fox house. <laughs> Maybe there's a bit of a hollow like, for. Uh, I was just like, oh, Vixen gets a magic house. Yep. Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> Is that the sound of Brigger needing us cast a spell real quick? It, it, it couldn't hurt to speed things up. Sure. Uh, lighter mod. Mod, please. Yep. <laughs> I don't know Fabricate, so I have no idea how much you just hurt yourself. 50 hit points. Don't you have Major? Huh? Oh, I probably do. Yeah, he ha- he has all of the cure spells. Yeah, I try not to go like too crazy, just to, like keep it kind of like uh, almost. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, so, so mod is two, serious is three, criticals four. Yeah. Didn't hurt. Okay. Uh, this is all plus four, 11, 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the bonus is just going to be your caster level. Yeah. Uh, 27 for the first one. Um, 
32 for the other one. That's it. Yeah. Okay. More cool. Good. Yep. It, it's it's kind of like a it's, I, it may be a Don thing, but yeah, I try not to just like oh, I'm gonna do I'm gonna hit you with one giant one. It just it feels more uh, thematic to you know if you need <laughs> two, it's better than just you know you know Goku doesn't spirit bomb as soon as he meets Frieza, no matter if he really should. Uh, he'll, throw, he'll throw a couple Kamehameha's to uh, start things off and that's how I live my life uh, did you make it with a floor or is it dirt bottomed? dirt bottom I figured with a little bit of a din dug out underneath the floor of the house alright so y'all y'all have got this this house this fox house built and Brigard's healing up uh <laughs> Russell and and Rick, he just got twenty three points of uh, inflicted damage. Uh, I I'm not hurt. I'm enchanted. My hit points are sunk into something. Oh, okay. Well, I just killed you. Sorry. Well, no. I mean, it heals. It heals. It just technically, yeah. it just doesn't do anything. Gotcha. But uh, Rick, your eyesight's starting to return. So at first, you're not sure what's going on. But you other two definitely notice it's starting to get really dark all of a sudden. And when you kind of look up to see what's going on, you notice some really dark, almost black looking clouds uh, begin to appear in the sky. Um, Those with nature can make a nature check. So one I have. Oh, not 20, 26. Nice. Yeah, oh, 15. I only got a 12. Okay, so um, I feel like, Russell, you've seen clouds like this before when you were out west. Oh, shit. So your first thought is probably extremely severe weather. Brigard. Mm. one look at this and you know this is not natural this is not some storm rolling in from somewhere this is not natural whatever these clouds are where they're coming from as dark as they are Uh, I'm going to immediately uh, start detecting magic I think I have detect evil as well they are definitely magic they are not evil okay does uh does Rick ping at all? Rick. Uh I don't think yet, no. Okay. That wasn't me trying to like, you know, find out about there was it was a genuine thing. Dark clouds uh start rolling in on a nice sunny day. He's gonna gird his self yeah, or uh, like, whatever's gonna notice, happen. Like and and I think after a few seconds, uh both Russell and Rick would notice too. There's no wind blowing that's bringing these clouds in. Hmm. You don't hear any thunder. You don't see any lightning. Okay, so when you say my vision starts coming back, like, can I see? Or yeah, it's it's. Uh, I would imagine it's kind of like me without my glasses. <laughs> okay, I'll keep using Deju for the moment then, because uh, it's see like clearly. it's like you can see stuff relatively close to you pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. But at a distance, things get really fuzzy. Okay. 
I'm like looking up there, but it's all blurry and shit. So I'm just like, they just- so it, it was a, it was a big dark blur. Then it was a big light blur. And then it immediately turns into another big dark blur. Yeah. Oh, shit. I, uh, I'm not liking the looks of that. No, there's no wind to carry it. This is something else other than natural. Do I smell anything strange? Nope. Uh, is anyone else reacting to this? We are new to Dustress. Is our uh, are, are other, you know, what, 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 actually, no, yeah, we didn't hear um, the, the tinging of the blacksmith or anything. Is, uh, is there anyone out and about? Well, uh, Iva's there with y'all. Yeah, I was going to ask Iva if there was no, uh, if there was an adult. Iva, do you recognize that storm coming in? Is that that's, normal? That's not, a, that's not a storm. What is it? Do we need to seek shelter? Those, those are Zav's clouds. Zav's clouds. To make What's it dark. What's he doing? Why is he making it dark? Does he do this often? No. Only when he has to. When does he have to? When when Gavin needs to go outside in the day. I gotta go. And I'm gonna go. (laughs) (laughs) Just Homer Simpson through the bushes, Rick. (laughs) No, he legit says I gotta go and yeah, uh, with his um, with his seventy base speed, double times it away. Uh, did uh, real quick? Did you guys ever see the movie uh, Cirque du Freak? Okay, they they have a cool thing about vampires in that where it's it's it's, it's oh, a wait, funny yeah, little yeah. yeah the way they they blip or whatever blur or whatever the hell their run thing is. That's just how I saw you just pew. If I remember correctly, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a fun little movie. So where do you take off to? Gav's house. Okay. Well, before you get to Gav's house, you'll see Gav. He's standing on the steps of your house. And there are a bunch of angry villagers with pitchforks and torches. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dusters Podcast. My name is Don. I'm the voice of Brigord. I'm the GM in the Starfinder Homebrew Adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting. And for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, the voice of Russell Clark, and I swear I'm not that much of an ass in real life. I just play one in podcast. In real life, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you 
and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We had an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? (laughs) LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the Untimely Dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And this is Last Call, so finish your drinks, and we'll see y'all next time.